Welcome into the show. It is Friday, May the 3rd. TGIF for a lot of you out there. It is 9 a.m. on the East Coast. This is your 6 a.m. West Coast wake-up call in all time zones in between and around the world. Thanks for tuning in. Coming up here in just a few minutes... We have the incomparable Eric Winalda joining us, the current manager, head coach, technical director, man of many hats at Las Vegas Lights FC, and um, look forward to to chatting with him. Uh, I I think it's going to be quite a lot of fun, and uh, look forward forward to that. it, it, it's a great cap off to what has been a really, really good week here on the show. Um, it, we've had people from all areas of the country and the world, levels of the system. It's been a really, really good week. Uh, Terry Mickler on Monday, the the all-time winningest uh, high school coach, soccer coach in the country, 990 victories. Um, it's been coaching for longer than I've been alive, uh, for sure. And, um, has, has been doing an incredible job up there in St. Louis. Then you had on Tuesday, Dave Laraba, um, a legend himself, uh, who has been with the West Virginia soccer association for decades, who was on Tuesday, Wednesday, we had Tommy, uh, Muller Nielsen, the uh, Manchester United first team scout, former professional player, former coach, manager, um, and uh, so he he was on the show on Wednesday. Had a lot of insight about what it takes to to be a player at the top level of the game, and uh, and I think for American players, we we focus a lot on like learning skills and things like that, but to to hear his insight on on what it takes to to reach that level and play and and not allow the environment to to get to you uh was was really really insightful and then yesterday having uh levy bird on he's uh up in the seattle area and uh, an assistant with the sounders u23 team and also uh, head coach of, of several youth teams uh as well in 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 the area up there and and so just kind of hearing from all of these uh different guys this week has, has been really really good and then today to cap it off with eric is going to be it's going to be a lot of fun um some of the interesting news as we kind of head to the weekend uh that that was confirmed yesterday on a few fronts one is that uh nabi Keita, the uh, attacking midfielder for Liverpool who left the Champions League uh, clash in the first half with an injury on Wednesday is going to be out for two months with a growing injury. Um, it's it's a pretty severe um, uh, injury. And, and so he's, he's going to not only miss the rest of the, the last 
a couple weeks here with Liverpool, but he's also going to miss the African Cup of Nations with Guinea. And and so, uh, you know, reports are he was pretty devastated about missing out on all of that action. But uh, hopefully he will get well soon over the summer. Uh, Liverpool are expecting and hoping that he will be ready right around the start of preseason. And uh, so, unfortunately for the club and for him, he's going to be sidelined for a couple of months. And and he had he had really been coming on. I I talked to to several uh, throughout this season who who were doubting Keita, and I kept I kept saying, give him time. By the end of the season, you're going to see he's going to come on strong. And next year is when you're really going to see him start to to really thrive and and we started seeing that uh Klopp was trusting him in the biggest matches and he was he was having an impact and and so to to lose out on him uh is definitely going to hurt the squad and hurt um hurt Liverpool in their in their chances to come back against Barcelona in the Champions League uh as well uh also uh I don't know if you saw this story the CONCACAF boss Victor uh, Montagliani and he he spoke up about the fact that he's not buying into all of this talk surrounding um, Major League Soccer and uh, Liga Emeke joining the Copa Libertadores and basically kind of squashed all of that it'll be interesting to see if that rumor keeps coming up or or as he was stating this is this is dead in the water it's not happening and we're not going to allow it um and and so look if you there's a couple ways you can look at this number one CONCACAF has to get better and that means you know with the launch of the Canadian Premier League hopefully that helps with Canadian soccer and um and then and then the U.S. has got to get better we are nowhere near the level we should be or that we could be and then you know you have Liga Emeke, who has kind of been carrying the torch for a very long time in this region, and then everyone else. And so th- this whole region needs to get better. And, and our our regional competition here in CONCACAF, and that means from Canada all the way down to Central America and the Caribbean islands, that competition is is nowhere near the UEFA Champions League, but it's also nowhere near the level of the Copa Libertadores. And so another way you could look at that is the fact that that CONCACAF is trying to protect um, not as much Liga Emeke, but especially um, um, the U.S. and Major League Soccer from being in a competition like that where they would just get destroyed. Look, right now, MLS teams are not able to keep up with Liga Emeke in the CONCACAF Champions League. If if MLS went down to the Copa Libertadores to compete, they would get thrashed. It would be humiliating, and quite quite honestly, from a from a football perspective, uh, and as someone who wants to see progress and change, might be necessary to to give some people a true reality check. Uh, there there are people who think, oh. You know, we got to get better or we need to compete against Mexico. Look, Mexico is not the standard. The best Mexican players are not staying and playing in Mexico. They're leaving for Europe. They're playing in other places. And yet Mexico is still better than us. So this idea that we've got to get up to Mexico standards, you know, it's, it's, it's really one of those things where you want to look at, at what you can be and what is the global standard and what, what could you be, what should you be and, and reach for that. And so, you know, as I look at this, I, I hope that um, that we we push for that. And if that means going to play in the Copa Libertadores and getting thrashed and that's a wake-up call, fine. If we don't go and we say we're going to double down and we're actually going to make the CONCACAF Champions League in this whole region – uh, we're gonna we're gonna really push for for things to grow. Then great, but if 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 we're gonna be that part of that conversation, Victor Montagliani and others need to start speaking up on behalf of more than 300 clubs who are asking for a conversation with U.S. Soccer regarding uh, promotion and relegation. There there is there's a reason why we are in, stuck in a malaise and mediocrity here in the U.S. and that's because there's no competition 
at the bottom uh, pushing towards the top. There's no pressure. If you stink, you go down around the world. If you stink here in the U.S., you just get some more draft picks. And so that that element, that environment has to change. And so, you know, that that's a that's a piece of this conversation that I that I think CONCACAF needs to get involved with with the Federation, just like I think FIFA needs to as well. And then yesterday, we also saw that the U.S. women's national team roster was released. Um, And so, you know, we the the world, the reigning world champions and and we are hoping to be again world champions uh, are bringing 11 uh, first time um on the roster for a world cup we got five that'll be back for their second six for their third and carly lloyd coming back for her fourth world cup with the u.s women's national team so you can see that we've got some some new talents coming in and we've also got a a fair uh, amount of experience and um so you know we will be rooting 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 for our u.s women's national team and and hoping that they are able to bring back a a fourth World Cup and a fourth star for their jerseys, and uh, not for the the men's jerseys, but for the women's jerseys. I just want to point that out uh, for for those of you who work at U.S. Soccer, the women deserve the the stars, not the men. And uh, and so hopefully uh, hopefully they'll be able to do that, bring back a fourth star. The, the competition is going to be tough. They they the Women's programs around the world have been just building, 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 building. And and so we're going to to definitely be up against the challenge. Uh, and we certainly have the, the talent and the players to pull that off. So we'll we'll see how this goes. Uh, I'm hoping that um, I'm hoping that we bring back that fourth star. And the last news of the day is uh, we need to take a moment to honor one of the greatest of all time, Mr. Xavi Hernandez. Uh, if you've watched the show at all, you know I'm a massive Barcelona fan. And uh, he announced his retirement at the end of the season after 21 years of playing football as a professional, most of which with Barcelona and with the national team, Spain. He uh, he made up one of, uh, well, I believe, others would say one of, I believe, the greatest midfield of all time, Busquets, Iniesta, and Xavi. And he was a pleasure to watch. If you didn't get to watch him, if you're a kid out there and you're trying to figure out, like, how do I play midfield and what? You know what does that what, what can that look like and 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 how should it be played? If you want to answer to all of those questions, just go on YouTube and type Chavi, and start watching and learning and taking notes and getting outside with the ball and playing. He was incredible on the field. I I it it hurt when he left, just like it hurt when Iniesta left at the end of last season. And, um, so, you know, I, I just, I, 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 my hat's off to the guy. He, he's incredible. And I, I am hoping, uh, he wants to get into management. I'm hoping and praying that soon, I don't know how soon, but soon that he will have the opportunity to manage at Barcelona because I, I think he will do an incredible job. He obviously understands and knows, um, the the Wego de Posesión and in, in total football and that that Cruyff and Pep inspired brand of positional play and and I would love to see him have that opportunity to bring that essence back to um, Barcelona and you know right now we watching that team it it has lost that element it, it's still an incredible team as we can see. And, and Messi is able to cover over a lot of cracks, but functionally and just the way that the team plays, um, it is it is nowhere near the level that it was playing at when, when Pep was around and then Tito uh, took over after Pep and was still at that level and unfortunately um, passed away with cancer. 
And so, you know, since then, it's kind of just been a little bit of a, of a drift slightly, ever so slightly, each season kind of away and from that style of play. And there's still elements there, and there's still some core players there, but hopefully that changes, and and uh, and I would love to see him back in the Blaugrana managing FC Barcelona one day soon uh, because I think it would just be incredible. And, um, you know, so – Hopefully that happens. Uh, the sponsor for the show is Charity Water. If if you have not learned about Charity Water by watching this show, um, I don't I don't know what you've been watching, but uh, CharityWater.org is where you can learn more about Charity Water. They bring clean drinking water to people all over the uh, world, and they are changing lives uh, all over the world. And um, so, you know, I, I just, you know, I hope that if you have a moment today and it's a Friday, maybe it's slow at work, take a moment and go to charitywater.org and learn more about what they're doing and maybe, maybe help out, uh, because, uh, they're, they're, they're doing a, a, an incredible thing by, by their work around the world and, um, every little bit helps. So Thanks for watching the show. We will be right back with Eric Winalda. Welcome back to the show. We are joined by none other than Eric Winalda. Eric, welcome to the show. Hey, my man. Uh, it's great to hear your voice, and it's great to hear that you have your own show. We've kind of flopped roles here. I, I used to do this, and now look at you. You're the man. Well, you know, you uh, you, you did it for s such a long time and, and inspired quite a few of us, and, uh, you know, I guess it was time to kind of switch roles uh, and let you <laughs> let you take a stab at, at something different. I love it, man. You're doing a great job. It's cool. Thank you. So um, you've been with with Las Vegas Lights FC there in Vegas since the fall, kind of building a roster, building a team. And this has been kind of not a complete departure from what you've been doing over the last few years because you were building teams and, and competing and doing other things as a coach. But this has kind of been your, your, your first time in a while where you, you have the reins and this is your primary focus, um, not having to worry about getting, uh, you know, on TV or ready for radio. So what has that transition been like getting into, to wearing that, that coach hat, the, 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 the majority of the time? I'll tell you what, it's, it's a lot of work. And, you know, one of the things that you recognize and you respect a lot more is the work 
that goes into uh, a managerial position because there's there's so many there's so many things that goes into it. I mean, the you know, the fans and and you know, even the players to a certain extent they really only get to see the, those couple of hours of uh, a day or those the, you know hour and a half on a on game day, and that's the final product. But there's so much stuff that goes into uh, the work of it all. And, you know, Vegas is, is a, is not only a great city and it's a city that I know and I love, and I've, I've lived here before, uh, Brett Lashbrook and I, uh, that's our owner. He, had, you know, he has a very different way of, of going about, uh, this business. He's, he's, he's really about the entertainment of it all. Uh, so building this team and, uh, putting a really good product out on the field uh, is is only you know one part of the job. You know the, the the other part is connecting with the community and really having a um, you know from this is only year two for this 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 organization and this club and we uh, you know we're trying to lay the groundwork or the foundation uh, for years to come so that that this this you know the, the fans that, that that do come to our game or or, or follow our team. Uh, support us you know we want to have not only just a connection with them but something that they recognize as their club uh the fabric and the that goes into all this and, and who we are and what we represent um and it's a lot of fun and, and that's that that's like that's the best part about the job is that, that we have fun but uh trust me it's it's a uh, we get up my assistant coach Augie rodriguez and i we get up every morning somewhere in the five o'clock hour uh, we do have to train very early because of the heat here in Las Vegas. So, you know, we'll be on the field, you know, setting up somewhere in the sevens and, you know, we'll be training and done by 10 o'clock. So um, sometimes by nine 30. So a lot of people think your day's over and, and our day is just getting started. So, you know, there's a lot of stuff that um, that we're involved in, you know, whether that be uh, making appearances in the community or, you know, whether they're breakfasts or lunches and, and just connecting with the, uh, the people of Las Vegas that, that want to get into soccer and are asking all the right questions, sponsors. Um, it's, it's, it's a lot. It's, it's just a lot. I, you know, I know you and I were trying to, you know, figure out how to be the president of us soccer. I don't know which job is harder. I, I, I think that what, what we got going in Vegas with all the stuff that we're trying to do all the time, uh, it's a lot on our plate. So, uh, the, the good news is, is that I, I get to do what I love and, uh, I'm, I'm trying to to help some some young players, you know, find their way in this game, and and that it really is more rewarding than, than anything else. So they're in Vegas, second year of the club, and you guys have created really kind of a an identity that is synonymous with Vegas: the color scheme, the the environment at the matches, um, and and really all of the off the field work that is connecting there locally with that community really goes kind of into a, a larger element of what is it to be a club? What does that really yes. mean to be a club? Because for, for so many in American soccer, it seems that club is a, is a label that is used, but it's, it's really more of a team that, that shows up. Maybe you see them once a week for a few weeks in the summer, and then they disappear for most of the year. Whereas I, knowing what some of the things that you guys are doing and, and working on on a regular basis, there's constant, you know, media presence, constant community presence, constant uh, actions that are taken, meetings that are taken, etc. So, so talk a little bit more about that aspect of being a club in a club that is Las Vegas authentic in, in, in its being and its essence. It's a great, it's a great way of putting it. I look, I think the big question here, and I think the big, the, the broader debate is that a, a lot of, um, you know, supporters will say, well, it's not really a club, is it? It's a franchise and a franchise can be moved at, at, you know, at the drop of a hat and, you know, don't, don't marry yourself to the, the wrong idea. Um, because it's not a club. I mean, I've heard that so many times, but when, when you, when you address it in a way that if you, if you, if you kind of just separate yourself from that ideology and you say, all right, well, we want to be a club. We, we want to be, uh, we want to have a connection with our community. We want supporters who care about us. We want to care about them. And we, it's not just that we want them to know who we are. We want to know who they are. And, and that's the approach 
that Brett Lashbrook has taken. And, you know, not only, only have we, you know, sent our guys out to schools to, to engage in, you know, reading goals and, and things of that nature that, that we're trying to, um, to really show that we do care, uh, that, that this isn't, this is kind of a two way street. It's not just, Hey, you know, we're professionals come watch us play on Saturday because you live here and we're your club. I mean, it's, it's, it's a little bit more complex than that. So, um, for us, I, I think as a team, uh, you mentioned the color scheme, you mentioned some of the crazy stuff that we do at games. It is a party. It is a little bit outlandish at times. We have llamas on the field. I, I have an owner that uh, is in, engaging in the idea because it's going to get hot of putting uh, over 40 small pools around the <laughs> around the uh, uh, actual playing stadium so that these kids can cool off if they want to. Uh, it, it's, it's stuff like that, that people say, okay, that's crazy. That, that makes, that makes the soccer look, you know, a little gimmicky. Um, but I think Brett Lashbrook has, has fully embraced the idea of being, you know, a crazy club, the, the carnival club. And as long as I do my job and take care of, uh, you know, the product that, that that's on the field, uh, and, and we win games, I think it brings the best of to, you know, both worlds together. You know, everybody has some quirky, so most, most clubs don't, but, but there are some clubs out there like Mainz has always been dubbed the carnival club. Uh, Schalke has some of the greatest and craziest fans that you'll ever see uh, in Germany. And then there's a more serious approach to the Bavarians, and, you know, and, and Bayern, but then you'll have bubbles at West Ham and, there's, there's always something, there's always something that connects, uh, the, the, you know, your fan base to what you're doing. And, uh, I, I don't know. I, I think, I think Brett Lashbrook can, is still throwing stuff at the wall to see what sticks, but he's trying, he's trying to commit, uh, create a, an identity and also create a connection with the community that allows him, allows the people to know that this is an owner who cares about, about, t- you know, a, a not just appeasing people, but at figuring out, okay, what do you want? What do you want out of your club? Ask that question and we'll give you an answer. We've, we've already done some crazy stuff. We do fireworks prior to the game or right at the start of the game. Um, and, and those things are frowned upon by the, the purists, but um, this has been, this has been a, uh, there's, and believe me, Daniel, there's been times where I've had to scale them down and people have, have said that to me. They said, let me get this straight. Your owner, is a guy that Eric Winalda has to tell what not to put on Twitter. I mean, we, we, what, what are we, what's going on over there? So it's, it's got a bit of uh, some, some craziness to it at times. And uh, we've had a, uh, we've had a couple of run-ins uh, already with, with some of our ideas, but the truth is, is we're having a great time. We are, we are becoming in the, in the in the beginning stages of becoming something, but we're not, we're not sure what that is yet. And you know what? That's okay. That's okay for us to, uh, to be a club that's, that's, that doesn't have a whole lot of direction at the moment, but we have a whole lot of passion and our fans are terrific and the team is getting better every day. Well, I think the key, when you're looking at a club in Las Vegas, it should feel like Las Vegas. And you know, if you're a team in New York, I think, you know, you've got to carry yourself a certain way. There's a, you know, there's a certain expectation with being a New yeah. York based, you know, uh, club, uh, whether that's, you know, a baseball team, you know, like the Yankees in New York or, or the New York Cosmos uh, playing in New York. Like there's this feeling of, you know, we've got to act a certain way. We have to feel, you know, come across a certain way. And, and that's true to that context that culture being right. you know in las vegas there's to me it, it, it there is a, a sense of authenticity even though yes it, it, in other parts of the of the country it may come across as gimmicky and may look a little hey that looks a little carnival or or whatever yeah that's vegas i mean you go to vegas for a good time and you and you are you have the bright lights and you have all of the crazy attractions and all of those elements. And so when you see some of the things that are, are being done or have been done or, or thought about, it, it makes sense when you look at it from that lens of a club trying to 
be be authentic to the context in which it exists and and we need more of that in this country yeah. you know we need we need our clubs to really feel like they are a part of the fabric and, and the culture uh, of the community in which they exist rather than just feeling vanilla and generic and we're going to slap you know fc or sc on on uh, you know label on on this organization and call it a soccer team or a soccer club and and go kick a ball and everything looks right. the same so i enjoy that part of it and and enjoy watching and and having you know visited several times seeing firsthand what that feeling is like and 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 looking at you know how the the club you know the colors and all those things to me when you drive around vegas it feels very natural so right. I, I like yeah. that I, I really do like but that. you mentioned it you, you mentioned it a little bit about you know if you're in the yankees right well, there's a lot of history there right there's a lot to you said we're, we're two years in we're not even two years in we're we're a year and, and a couple of games in. So, um, you know, we're kind of searching for our identity, and that's okay. It, it, I don't think any fan of a club wants to be told, you know, how to act. It, 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 if, if, if you're really true to it, um, and it, the way it should be, is, is your fans really get to, to, to dictate that conversation. This is who we are. This is who we want to be. And we want a team that, that represents us. So, in, in New York or, you know, maybe Los Angeles or Chicago, um, you know, and I, and I think that, that this whole thing in, in, with the Chicago fires is, is, is going to be difficult because the you know, ownership is trying to, to, to dictate that conversation. So it's, it's difficult at times because uh, for, for, for if you're still five, 10, 15 years in looking for an identity, uh, it gets kind of it gets gets kind of silly. I mean, Chicago for me, blue collar, uh, embrace it. Uh, that that that's that's who you are. Um, run with it, you know. And for us, it's a little bit of glamour. It's a little bit of glitter. It's it's a little bit of weird, but uh, that's who we are, and we've embraced it. So uh, I've I've enjoyed it. it. Is it is it? You know, you know, people have asked me this on numerous occasions. They said, well, you know, how do you feel about that? About you know, do people not take you seriously uh, if if you engage in some of this this you know, silly you know activities that 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 we sometimes do? I mean, I, I, I you know we we basically had Valentine's Day and I kissed a llama. So is is that weird? Yeah, a lot of people are going to think that's that's weird. I thought it was funny. I was okay with it, but it is kind of who we are over here. So does that mean that this is the way? Uh, you should always be no this is the way you should be if you're going to be managing this club or going to be a part of las vegas lights we're, we're, we're going to entertain we're going to have fun uh and we want to win so it's a pretty good combination so let's let's get to the winning right let's get to the team the on the field piece um you guys played on monday in in los angeles against the la galaxy 2 uh, i think the crowd was reported at less than a thousand uh which is and guess what that was the most people they've had all year well that because that's las disappointing. vegas lights showed up and then there's a lot of you know la uh people that are that are following us and we travel well so that we, that's kind of cool too but but I know where you're going with this, but go ahead and finish that sentence. I I was happy to hear that that that's their best attendance, um, and and that's just the way it works with some of these these secondary teams of of MLS teams. But um, our, we traveled well. We 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 were proud of that. Right, and and you guys played you know a, a really good game, a nil nil draw. And I'm, I'm sure you're disappointed in 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 dropping a couple points in the way that you uh, played your team played. Uh, what have you seen up up until this point, uh, this past Monday, kind of going through this first part of the season? You're, you're evaluating your team. I, I know you you recently brought in uh, Sandoval to kind of join the squad and 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 improve the squad and and build the squad. What, what have you seen so far in evaluating that on the field aspect of the club? So you know I am. Um true to um i put my money where my mouth was and i wanted to give some players a real opportunity 
uh, in the professional ranks. And I mentioned to you at the beginning of this interview uh, how hard the work is. And the reality of my job is that we have let ourselves down on so many occasions on the road um, and lost games in crazy ways. I mean, we, I don't think anybody has taken or has given up more penalty kicks than, than our team. We lost the game five to two in Rio Grande where the opposition had three shots on goal, but somehow found our net five times. So you, you evaluate this stuff, right? And you, you come into this Los Angeles game, right? And the, the, the attention to detail that you have to have with guys who are not pros is hard work. It's, it's just hard work where you, you, you can't assume anything. And, and as a manager, I have learned so much about why other managers pick teams the way they do. You, you, you really are taking a step backwards, you know, two steps forward and one step back every time when you employ guys who have never done this before and you don't give up on them. And I'm so proud of Gabe Robinson, for example, who is a guy that has tremendous talent and is making amateur mistakes. Um, he made, he made one against Portland and we lost the game. Uh, he made one against OKC. We lost the game. Um, scored the craziest own goal I've ever seen in Rio Grande, and we lost the game. And we come into the Galaxy, and I, I honest to God believe that anybody else would have said, you know what, sit down, take a, take a seat. Until you learn how to be a pro, you know, you're going to sit right over there and watch. And I didn't take that approach. Say, hey, you know what, you've made some mistakes. you got to hit the reset button. You, that that that's what this is about and i need you to do a specific job for me and you know me i love to do analogies right so here's the best way and the best analogy i can give you of what it's like trying to manage amateur players who are trying to prove a point okay it's like you come you, you recognize in your house that your hardwood floors need cleaning right and you say damn i gotta i gotta do this i gotta i gotta call a guy to do a specific job. So you, you, you do some research, you find the guy, four-star rating, five-star rating, whatever. How much is the price? How much is it going to cost? Call the guy. Guy comes over to your house. Hey, this is what I need you to do. I need you to clean my floors. The guy says, I got it. I can do it. And you go, great. I got to make a few phone calls. I got to run an errand. I'll be back in an hour. How, how long do you need? I'll be done in an hour, sir. Great. How much am I paying you? Super. Great. I'll see you in an hour. Now you come home, Daniel, and your floors are immaculate. They are beautiful. The guy's done a fantastic job. And then you start looking around and you go, hey, did you uh, try to wash the walls and the windows? And the guy goes, yeah, I, I thought I'd do that too with a little bit of extra time. And no, you, you can't do that. Uh, those are special walls that can't be washed with anything else. And the windows will get screwed up if you touch them. And did you do something to the granite? Because it looks a little weird. Yeah, wash that too. Okay, you can't touch that because it needs a special cleaner. I told you to do one job, but you ended up doing three because you were trying to impress me and you screwed it up. That's what these guys are. They're trying too hard. They're trying so hard to, to, to do a job that they think that they have to do more than what they've been asked to do and scaling them back and, and helping them understand roles within a team and, and how a team functions. And you're not going to be the best player on the field. I know that was what, what it felt like when you were on that, you know, Sunday league or whatever you were playing before you got here, but this is different now. Trust the person next to you to do his job, but I need you to do yours. And I spend so much time on tape with guys stopping the tape and saying, what are you doing? Well, I thought, okay, don't think. <laughs> That's not your job. That's his job. You need to do this. And so it's, it's, it's this learning process uh, that we go through with, with, with younger players. You have to live it and you have to, you have to suffer. And we have suffered. We've made silly mistakes Nobody, I'm going to probably jinx it myself. I mean, we're, we're sitting here 
on a Friday before a game that hasn't been scored on a team that hasn't been scored on a lot in Sacramento. And we haven't been scored on, on a free kick on a set piece, but we scored more goals than everybody on a set piece. And we have four shutouts, which is tied for first in the league. So we're, we're living this Jekyll and Hyde life uh, that, that, that really takes some massive attention. You have to, you have to constantly stay on these guys and, and help them progress as players. Because if you leave it up to them, Daniel, they'll clean your whole damn house and they'll screw up your plumbing and you'll have a fire in the front yard if you, if you let them stay there too long. So, you know, it's, 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 it's challenging. I laugh about it, but, um, you know, I've got some more gray hairs and I'm on an accelerated aging program because some of these guys just, uh, it's, it's a process of making them better. Well, you, you can always give them a treat of apple cider vinegar with a mother. <laughs> and, and, now, for and, anybody listening to this program who doesn't, has never tried apple cider vinegar, if you happen to do that and you take Daniel's advice, or I should say his wife's advice, you, uh, you need to let me know what the outcome was. And you do it privately because it's not fun. Man, man that's tough. Oh Tell gosh, you. that 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 day that we went to the airport was one of the funniest days <laughs> of my life. Watching oh. you, just the look on your face when that apple cider vinegar I said, "I blame it on your wife." And that okay, it's a great cleanser, folks. It's great, it's fantastic, but it's a little bit more aggressive than anything that's ever happened to you. So just read the label on the side of the, the bottle twice before consuming. And don't do what I did. Don't take too much. Take the uh, and water it down because it'll get you're in you. For a fun week. It will <laughs> get you. <laughs> you're in for a week. Oh my goodness! So, um, take it, kind of picking back up where you were, right, and talking through that that aspect of of these players learning to become professionals, and you're kind of through this first part of the season. Are you seeing progress? Are you seeing things start to change? Are they starting to learn the lights coming on for them? Well, I think, you know, it's funny. Um, it's funny you say that, you know, some of my, my, I guess my, my methods are, you know, something that they've never been, been, um, uh, I don't think they've ever seen stuff like this before. They've never been exposed to it. So, you know, and I've, I remember having a conversation with one of my players and he says, well, I mean, it's not like, it's like, like what kind of a practice, you know, do they have at, at Liverpool or Man City or, or Man United or Chelsea? I mean, and I, and, and I'm looking at them going, what's your point? He said, well, like Barcelona or Real Madrid would never do this or Bayern Munich. My point to them is, uh, yeah, they, they do. Either I've participated or I've witnessed or I've, I've, I've actually lived it. So what's your point? And they're like, oh, well, I thought practice was supposed to be like this. <laughs> so you, 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 you start to realize that it's, it's, it's nothing worse. Uh, and, and I've had this happen once this, this, in this whole first you know, eight games uh, where a player came in and said to me that he felt that he wasn't uh, progressing, and and he felt that, that that his level was dropping because of of the way we practice, and we practice fast. We pra we 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 there's mistakes that are made, and this is part of the growing process. And I had to look at that kid and say, no, that's because you were playing in a Sunday league, and the guy with the beer belly and the ponytail read, uh, you know, didn't read your 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 fake. These guys are quicker. And they're going to re so your passes aren't going to connect unless you, you start figuring out how to play at a higher level. It's not the level, buddy. It's you. You're our worst player. Sorry to tell you that. And I actually had to have that conversation. Now I watched it. We, we did a practice and I had not seen it at, at, at all. And one of my players walked up and he said, Hey, I saw this and I wanted to show it to you. And I said, what is it? And he said, this is man city's shadow practice yesterday. And I was really proud because I had never seen um, this practice or Pep's what what he was doing, but he was doing some shadow work and some pa some pattern play that 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 somebody captured on a, on their iPhone um, prior to a game, and it was identical to what we teach here, and it 
it really, it really made me feel good. And at the same time, frustrated as hell, because when we go through these, these processes with these players, they all want to win the game. Every time they get the ball, they all want to make the final pass. And we, you know, it's a percentage game. It really is. And if you keep the ball moving and you eventually understand what possession with purpose means and your job, every time you get the ball is to find the guy who's in a better position than you are. And if there isn't one, it's a time to get creative and you let that creativity kind of happen organically. Um, Some of the practices that I put these guys through the best feeling, Daniel, is when it actually happens in a game, when you see them, the light bulb go off and they don't try to make the the crazy pass. They kind of catch themselves and then they find the next pass. And then the next guy makes the pass that gets the goal. And they look to the bench like, hey, coach, you know what you're talking about. That is such a great feeling. It's such a great feeling when when you see them have success and they're able to have success through other people. That is the, is the hardest thing to to get out of my players who will admittedly say that I'm here to bounce to a better club to a higher level, recognizing that Las Vegas Lights FC is not the greatest soccer address on, in the world, that they would love to play for more money and, and more prestige somewhere else, and I'm okay with that. But the, the reality is it, it also teaches them. It's, the, it's, in, it's inherent. It's, it's, it, it's, it's very human for them to become selfish. And teaching them that the greatest value that they have to their next destination is proving to that next coach that you're a good team guy. You're a winner. And you'll do whatever it takes to win. And you're not selfish. Selfish doesn't impress anybody. It doesn't. And teaching that and trying to extract that out of them and make them team players and make them understand the importance of keeping the ball in certain places of the field and recognizing the moments where, you know, it's not on and to be patient, but to keep the ball is more important and to get it where it needs to go and watching them learn that and watching them to to start playing uh, it with a style. We, we played, we played some phenomenal stuff at RGV and in Rio Grande and we lost the game. But going back on tape and stopping it in the moments and saying, so if you would have done this, things could have turned out differently. And, and the look on their face is the light bulb. And it's, it's the, oh, my God. So this is what you were talking about. Yeah, Mike, exactly. When I told you last Tuesday, hey, you need to connect the dots here. Don't worry about making that pass. No one can make that pass. No one can. So do this. And then they do it, and it and, and then it starts to work for them. It's 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 phenomenal. I'm not picking on RGV or Portland or LA Galaxy uh, or Tacoma. Uh, and then we've played five at our first eight games. We're on the road. Uh, we were only able to get one point out of that, but that it was all against MLS two teams. They all play the same way. I don't know if it's by design but they all do the same thing. And the, the, you know, just how much I, how much, how many games I watch and and how many players I now know and and the tendencies and and the things that I'm looking for and, and how I break the opposition down. The fact that we have only been able to get eight points out of, you know, our first eight games doesn't bother me at all at all. It's, it's just a matter of my guys getting it. They're clearly talented enough. But they are, and they've they've put themselves in a position where they finally are starting to understand why they've lost. And now that they know, uh, you know, this game against LA on Monday, we probably should have won. Yeah, we outshot them 17 to five, and the opposition didn't have a shot on goal. That's kind of something to be proud of. But we still would have walked, we would have liked to walk away with points. But it's starting to 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 trend in the right direction, and some of these these players are starting to really get it. So, you know, I'm not going to make any promises, but uh, we play attractive uh, football. And these guys, the more that these guys gel together and they understand what I'm looking for and they understand how simple this game is, uh, we're going to start getting points. We're going to start winning games and they're going to start having fun. 
So it'll all come together at some point. Well, you know, the if you look at the table of the Western Conference of the USL Championship, you guys are in 16th out of out of the 18 teams with eight points, but you're only seven points off of first. So it's not as if there's a massive gap. You know, you guys... If, if... No, but look what, look what RGV did. I mean, they were in last place when we played them, okay? And they were coming off a really lucky victory over OKC. OKC kind of... You know, bad goal and a giveaway goal, and they lost the game. So you you look at that, and we're coming into that game, and they beat us. They tie Los Angeles four to four. Could have, should have won the game four to three, right? So the guys that they played against us with um, came in as a sub as substitutes uh, in the 60th minute, and then the game went crazy. That game, Daniel, was two one in the 81st minute, and ended four four. So they they tie that game, which they should have won, and then they go to Portland, and they beat Portland, who is the who is at the top of the table, and they went from last place to fourth place in three games. So it's it's it as you said, this league is is, is a little bit wild and, and and crazy that that you can jump that that fast, but you put a couple of results together. Uh, and it doesn't really matter how you do it, but if you put a couple of results together, you'll move up. You'll move up into a playoff spot in no hurry. So, to, to my, to your point and to mine, I, I'm eight points out of eight games. Looks a little ragged. Uh, five of those games were on the road, um, and we learned a lot about ourselves. And now we're coming into a stint where we have four out of the next five are, are, at, are at home, including the Open Cup game. So, uh, we know exactly. Uh, what we're up against or, or what we have in front of us. And it's a great opportunity to just string some results together. We're finally figuring each other out, uh, get some wins and, and, you know, stop worrying about what position you are on the table. Cause that'll change in a hurry. So if this were Europe right now, I mean, you're feeling good. I've watched the team play it. They're playing a really, really good, uh, brand of, of football i mean you you watch you can tell that they that they are trying to play the game and, and and they play an attractive game if if you guys were in europe you would be feeling a little bit of heat right now if this was you know bundesliga 2 and you're in 16th you know you're in the the relegation zone i know that we don't have that yet and i'm gonna i'm gonna drop the yet word because i believe one day we will somehow some way we will get there as do i i i I believe that as well but they keep going so um i want i want you to just take a second and tell the audience explain what the difference would be right now for your players in vegas if 16th place meant relegation at the end of the season versus right now where there is no threat of relegation by being in 16th or 17th or 18th. What what would that be like for the players? So, it's, you, know, you know, it's it's such a a a massive component of the way soccer needs to be. Um and 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 to answer the question is kind of difficult because it doesn't exist, but what would it be like if we're trying to, to, to you know, dream here? Um, I can tell you without hesitation, we wouldn't be in 16th place if we had promotion and relegation. I would not have allowed or experimented the way that I have because I'm trying to learn about my team. I don't have that option. Over there. I don't. I, I wouldn't. But with saying that, I was so angry after the five to two loss because of the, the amateur mistakes that we were making. Uh, I actually did this. I came in and I I called a meeting and I brought the whole team in and I said, guys, this is the way this goes. And this is the way it works in the rest of the world. Uh, I'm your new coach. All right. Because anywhere else in the world, I'd be fired. So, I'm coming in and I want you to realize that everything that you do will be scrutinized because I'm a new set of eyes. And all I know is what I've been told. I've been told that this guy's lazy. I've been told that this guy's partying too much. And I've been told that this guy 
uh, you know, doesn't listen and he, he plays out of position. And I've been told this guy makes amateur mistakes and he probably should get a more experienced center, center back. That's all I, that's all I know. That's all hearsay. But everything that, that we do from here on in, you will be evaluated on, on this is a new clean sheet for all of us. It's a blank page because I'm a new coach and don't call me Eric, call me manager, boss, gaffa. I don't care what you call me, but do not call me Eric. Because anywhere else in the world, you guys would have gotten me fired. Now, how does that make you feel? <laughs> it was, a, it was terrific. It was, it was, it was, it wasn't real, but it, but it's at some point you looked at you, you know, you know, you look at them and and you and you have to have that source of accountability. The only way that you can hold people accountable for bad performance is the table doesn't lie. The table doesn't lie, and if if they, and one of the things I said to them was what's interesting about this is if you're trying to impress me and I'm your coach and you're trying to get out of here, you're trying to go to the next destination maybe, right? Let's say you want to get to MLS and you think you're good enough to get there. Is there anybody in this room comfortable enough to put up their hand and say, if another coach from MLS calls my coach right now or my ex-coach, that he would give me a good recommendation. Is there anybody that thinks that that would be the case? Now, Daniel, I would question effort in certain parts of this. It would be the way they practice, the way they don't focus in on, on working on their technique or their technical ability, or at least getting better and, and, and having to stop and go over video and over and over and over. That never happens. Never happens if we have a promotion and relegation system. You don't, these guys don't just click out once they're, when, once their day is done and they go home, unfortunately, and you, and you want to try and, you know, take pressure off of them. But when you put yourself in 16th out of 18, you're worried about your existence. You're worried about your job. You're worried about your future. These guys are, are, are leaning on excuses and the idea that they're developing. Uh, that doesn't work anywhere else. We don't have time for you to, to make a mistake on my dime. We don't, we don't. Now, the way I address the first eight games, there's some, some mistakes have been made that were, were fatal, fatal in the real world. But this is, this is not, um, this is not the same. It's a different kettle of fish as a friend of mine, the English guy said to me the other day, it is, it's not a scenario where life and death is on the line here. It's, it's a scenario where, well, are we learning? Are we getting better? Are we, be, are, you know, and it, there's all of this development. It's, it's like, it, it, it doesn't drive me crazy. I understand it. But um, my message was clear the other day. Uh, we will not concede goals the way we've, we've been conceding goals. And here's why. And if it happens again, I will fire you. I don't care about promotion and relegation because I can't, I, you know, it's not that in, in the sense that I can't care about it. This, this, this is more about your performance. Now, can I put those guys in a spot where they're going to learn the game in a different way, in a hurry? Um, if the promotion relegation is actually in, in full force, it, it happens organically. It happens naturally. There's a, your nervous system goes to a whole new level because you are constantly aware of the circumstances you are in. That's the way it is. I, I mean, I will, I, I'm hesitant to tell this story, but I'm going to say it. I have a player on my team who is, has played in Germany and he has played at a higher level. Um, and we have a young player who's, this is the highest level he's ever played at. And in practice, the, you know, after my speech, everything went up, went up a click. It went up two clicks. Everything was faster. They, they were competing, they were fighting and some hard tackles happened. And on one occasion, one of the younger players had had a problem with the hard tackle. He felt like the guy was trying to hurt him. So I pulled them both in my office and I closed the door and I said, all right, you had a problem with that, didn't you? Yeah, I thought he was trying to hurt me. I said, all right, well, let me explain to you how the real world works. And that does what that pertains to is when you're playing up against promotion or relegation, when you are playing for money and the table actually matters, what and, and people lose money when we lose games. This is why he tried to take you out, in my opinion. I'm not saying, I'm not putting words in his mouth, but 
if you if he thinks that you're going to lose him money, he doesn't want you to play. So my suggestion is play faster and jump higher next time. <laughs> and the look on the kid's face was like, well, that's not fair. And I said, no, it's not. It's not. It's real. And some guys, some of my guys get it and some guys are learning. But when it's, 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 when you have a guy who understands how important it is and has been in a promotion relegation system and understands the fight necessary to get yourself out of a hole, those are my guys. But that, that's a guy that's going to be on the field for me. Not the guy that says, oh, I know I made five bad passes. and Jeez, I'll try to get better, coach. Oh, I'm sorry, buddy. You're fired. I don't have time for that. Whoa, whoa. What do you mean? That's, that's, wait, I, I'm learning here. No, I, no, I don't have time. We're losing games. We're falling down the table and we're going to get relegated and, or I'm going to get fired before we even get there. So I'm not willing to let you learn on my dime. That's the difference. You don't, it, it matters more. Every second matters. Not every point, not every game, every damn second. You have to be a pro or you will be eliminated by the process, by the table, and or one of your own damn teammates who's tired of you losing them money. And that's a reality that is not in our system. And it's a reality that I, li I lived and it's something that made me better. I didn't appreciate it either in the beginning. I was like, holy cow, my own teammates are trying to hurt me. But my own teammates had friends on the team that they thought could do a better job than me. So eliminating me was the was one of the options. The fact that they didn't get me and I developed the skills to and the intelligence. I mean, think about it. You are on edge every second because your team doesn't want to lose because they lose money and they don't want to go down. What do they what do you lose when you if you never go down, what are the repercussions of your actions? Where's the accountability? It's not there. So you teach people as bad as this feels, it's really not bad because nothing really happened. I still have a job. So once we get there, once we get in that spot where we're, we're, we're actually teaching or the game organically is teaching accountability, uh, only then, in my opinion, will we, we ever aspire to be a, a top soccer nation. And hopefully you're right and I'm right and the yet word means something. Uh, but uh, once we get there, uh, it'll all get better. And people that don't understand it don't understand it. People that want to say, well, why would I spend $250 million just to get relegated? No, you spend $250 million to figure out how to stay there, <laughs> which means you got to get better at your business too. Hire the right people. Hire the right players. Get the right people in the right positions to ensure that your business plan works and stay up. And if you don't do it, and the, as I said, the table doesn't lie, you deserve to go down. That's how it works. Merit matters. It, uh, it matters in the real world, and it should matter in sport as well. There's no doubt about it. Uh, look, thanks for, for joining the show, and it's been a real treat. I know we'll have you back on again real soon. Uh, good luck on Saturday as you host the Sacramento Republic and hopefully, uh, for, for all the Vegas fans and near and far, uh, that, uh, we, we get to see, uh, some three points go up on the board, uh, Saturday at the conclusion of that match. Yeah, so it'd be nice to win. It'd be nice to win. And I, I always love talking to you. You are a national treasure. Continue the good work. Uh, I'll try. Oh man, he's he's so good. Um, really, really, really glad that that he was able to join us. Uh, it, like I said, it's it's been a great week uh, here on the show, and uh, really thankful that Eric got to, to stop in um, for for the show this week and, and to to kind of wrap up uh, today. And this week, uh, again, big thanks to, to everybody that was on the show. Monday, uh, Terry Mickler. Tuesday, just walking through Dave Laraba. Uh, Wednesday, Tommy Muller-Nielsen. Uh, yesterday, 
Levy Bird, and today Eric Winalda, all bringing incredible insight. Uh, hope you're enjoying uh, what we're building here. Uh, we've got some big news coming out next week on on yet another aspect of this that we are building, another chapter that we are building. So. Have a great weekend. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for joining the show. Um, it, it really does mean a lot. All the feedback, everybody uh, that has reached out. And we look forward to continuing to build and, uh, and bring you some more uh, content and, and things here in the near future. Um, it, it's, it's a process, but uh, it's a process that, that we are enjoying building and, and we hope that you are enjoying it too. So thanks for joining the show. Thanks for tuning in. As always, weekdays at 9 a.m. Eastern. We will see you on Monday.